Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome in, everybody. Phil Jones with you. Extra point with Phil Jones on a Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Glad you are back with us as we get ready to kick things off for another exciting week of what's happening, the latest that's happening in the world of high school sports. Of course, predominantly high school football, although we will touch on a couple of other items today. Going to bring you up to speed on uh, spring football practices, where they're happening. Some not even started yet. Uh, Valdosta is underway. Uh, Got some news there about the quarterback situation at Valdosta that we'll pass along to you. Speaking of Valdosta, by the way, uh, tomorrow we will have the interim head football coach for the Valdosta Wildcats, Shelton Felton is going to be joining us tomorrow. So we are looking forward to that. Today, in fact, here in just a few minutes, not an interim coach, but he is the head coach of Bradwell Institute. We've got uh, Deshaun Brock, who is going to be sitting in with me here in just a couple of moments. So we look forward to welcoming in the former Mitchell County coach. Now he is the head coach over at Bradwell Institute. So we look forward to having uh, Coach Brock join me right here on set. He'll be joining me here in just a little bit. If you got questions for Coach Brock, start sending them my way. We, of course, will pass them along to Coach Brock. We'll talk about what's happening over with his football team and what's happening with Bradwell Institute. Looking forward to that. Also, going to talk a little NFL draft. Now, I told you we were going to talk uh, about some other things other than high school football, although everything we talk about will be somewhat connected to high school football. Of course, with the draft, how about all of those former Georgia players? And I'm not talking about University of Georgia. I'm talking about those players that played their high school football in the state of Georgia. As always, Georgia well represented in the NFL draft, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more as we go forward today here on Extra points also uh the ghs schedules our ghsa schedules are out we talked about that a little bit last week but again take uh take a look at some of the schedules maybe some of the more interesting schedules that we've got hey i think the valdosta schedule uh is pretty darn interesting with madison county being back on the schedule in addition to some other games but uh hey we're gonna get to all that as we go forward also ghsa baseball playoffs 
The state baseball playoffs are underway. Round one pretty much uh, completed for most everybody, if not over the weekend. They're wrapping up uh, that uh, today if there are any uh, uh, game threes in the first round of the playoffs. As they'll get ready, the teams that won anyway will get ready to move on to round two. Everybody else says wait till next year. So we'll talk about that as we go forward as well. A sneak peek to tomorrow. Now, I told you about uh, Coach uh, uh, Shelton Felton going to be joining me tomorrow. We also are going to have Coach Ryan Ryan Page and the region champion, Lounsai Vikings, represented here in studio tomorrow. Not sure which players exactly that he's going to be bringing in tomorrow, but we will have Coach Ryan Page giving the baseball Vikings a little bit of love tomorrow so that is kind of a a snapshot if you will of what we have whom we have coming up here on the show as we always do guys we will you know what's coming we're going to take a look at the folks that are chiming in that are visiting with us today adam estes leading us off go big blue there's my buddy clint haynes checking in by the way clint thank you guys today you sissy bass took good care of us today sending over what a spectacular lunch a oriental style lunch today really really good selection today fed us well and we do appreciate it again as we appreciate all the support we get from uh, one of our great show sponsors win dixie north ashley street here in Valdosta. Also, of course, a big shout out to another one of our great sponsors, in addition to ADL Dental Associates, my buddy Dr. Mike McCartney. Also, Pepsi Cola of Valdosta, another one of our great sponsors. In fact, please bear with me while I pop open this ice cold Pepsi Cola. Isn't that a beautiful sound? Now, if you will, join with me in having an ice-cold Pepsi. Remember, you can get yourself what I'm about to enjoy at Winn-Dixie. Uh, they got plenty of them over there, guys. So, here's to you. Mm. Oh, that is so good. We'll have to see if we can hook up uh, Coach Brock with a good cold Pepsi as he's fixing to be joining me here on set. All right, Cole Moore. <laughs> Cole Moore says, show me some love, Phil. All right, Cole, how's that, buddy? Big uh, Tiff County Blue Devil. Have the devil started up with spring practice yet? D. Smith from Northside Warner Robins country. D. Smith, what's up with your Northside Warner Robins Eagles? There's Joe Hansley checking in, Thomas County Central fan. Adam Estes, we mentioned him. Yes, Rashad Bateman. Certainly going to talk about Rashad Bateman bringing it, the former Tiff County Blue Devil, the former Minnesota Golden Gopher, goes in the first round to the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll be talking about that, talk about all these great Georgia players that were selected in the draft over the weekend. I mentioned Clint Haynes and my friends at Winn-Dixie. We've got some news to tell you about what's happening there at Winn-Dixie. It is uh, part of what they're offering that will make your shopping experience a lot easier. And it could be quite fruitful in terms of grocery savings, free groceries. We'll get you caught up on that as we go forward here today all right uh antoine graham is checking in with a big go vikings 
Stephen Wynn. Congrats to Kerwin Bell, new head coach at Western Carolina. Stephen, glad you mentioned that. I was going to talk about that a little bit today. The former uh, Valdosta State head football coach, the former Florida Gator, and the former, well, I wonder how many of you remember where Kerwin Bell played his high school football at. Just for fun, who can tell me where Kerwin Bell played his high school football at? Let's see who's the first one to get that. My buddy Jeffries Eldridge uh, chiming in via the text line telling me that Tory Carter, reminded me that Tory Carter, of course, let's see, the former Georgia Christian football player, the former Lee County Trojan football player, the, the former LSU Bengal Tiger football player is now a Tennessee Titan. Yes, Jeffries, Torrey Carter goes to the Tennessee Titans where he'll be playing uh, fullback and blocking for the man, Derrick Henry, out of Uly High School down in Florida. Jeffries said, I talked to him Saturday night after he was signed. I want to hear more about that, Jeffries, for sure. All right, we got Tyler Milbrandt checking in. How's it going, Phil? Go Cats. Tyler Thanks so much for checking in. There's Sissy Pittman Bass. Sissy, thank you so much for preparing us a great lunch earlier today. It was great to see you, Sissy. Thank you so much for all you do. Cole Moore says, Tiff County's looking strong. I'll take your word for it. Joe Hansley. Oh, Joe corrected me. I identified Joe as Thomas County Central Yellow Jackets. Joe says, wrong. Hey, we're Jeff Davis Yellow Jackets. Lance Hilton is probably having a fit right now if he heard me say that. All right, uh, LaCanya Willis checking in from Lee County. Jimmy Helms, good afternoon, Brother Phil. What's up, Jimmy? Good to hear from you as always. Uh, Hunter Williams, as we get ready to go to break, says Kerwin Bell played at uh, Lafayette in Florida. Yes, he did. Better known as the Throwing Mayoan from Mayo, Florida. So there you go. All right, got to take a break, but you stay with us as we are going to have the new head coach of Bradwell Institute, Deshaun Brock. It's going to be sitting right here when we come back, and we'll get into a lot more sports talk as we go forward today, taking your comments, your calls if you want to check in, and uh, talking about everything that is happening in the wide world of sports on this Monday edition of Extra Point. Phil Jones with you right here at ITG Next Georgia. Stay with us. Want to know the inside scoop? Subscribe to our ITG Next Georgia newsletter. Every week, get the best high school sports news delivered straight to your inbox. Rankings, player stats, recruiting news, and hot sports topics. Sign up today at itgnext.com newsletter. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points.
Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Blessed Trinity head baseball coach Andy Harlan as we talk about the Blessed Trinity baseball program and how things are going so far this season. Coach Harlan will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Blessed Trinity program. That's the Blessed Trinity Coaches Show with myself and Coach Andy Harlan Heard every other Tuesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. And welcome back, everybody. Phil Jones with you. It's Extra Point with Phil Jones on this Monday edition of the show. Thanks so much, guys, for being a part of our Monday. It is our, our, our week starter show, if you will, where we uh, kind of get you caught up in what happened over the weekend and kind of take a look at what's happening for the upcoming week and beyond. Okay, just as I promised, though, before we went to break, you can see that I have some company here on the set. I am proud to have joining me here in studio on this Monday. He is the former head coach of Mitchell County. He's the new head coach, though, over at Bradwell Institute. Please join me, guys, in welcoming in Deshaun Brock. Coach, welcome in, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, tell us, get us up to speed 
on what's happening uh, over at Bradwell Institute. Uh, how's things going over there? You about to get settled in? Yes, sir. Definitely settled in. We're getting ready to start spring this Friday. The kids have been working real hard in OTAs, weight training, conditioning. Numbers have grown significantly since my first day. Where it started out about 40 kids in the weight room. Now we've grown about 72. We're looking oh, to get wow. to about 80 by Friday. Beautiful. So everything is, everything's going well. Okay. Coach, take us through how this came about. You uh, getting the job there at Bradwell Institute, I think it caught a lot of us by surprise because you had things going pretty well over at Mitchell County. Yes, sir. Take us through the process. When did you know you first get an idea that the job was coming open? When did you, you know, get an idea that, hey, maybe this is something I want to do? Just take us through that whole process, if you would. Well, to be quite uh, frank with you, I was, I was happy and content at Mitchell County. Um, things were going in the right direction. Uh, we we're, we're had the majority of the team, all my skill guys coming back, had a young kid coming back, a sophomore coming back to play quarterback. So everything was lining up to have a great season next year. Um, Hinesville is kind of my home away from home. I'm originally from Louisiana, Leesville, Louisiana, to be precise. Um, shout out to them. But uh, Hines, my dad's military, former military, and retired that way. My family is there, so Hinesville is home. And the job just came open last minute, kind of fell into my lap. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be open when it did. And I just couldn't pass up an opportunity to, to go home. Um, there's not, you can only go home one time. We, I didn't know when the opportunity was going to come again. And so when it did came open, come open, excuse me, I had to explore the opportunity and things worked out. They shared the same vision I had as far as making Bradwell successful and, and things went how they went. And I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. So I did not know that's home for you over there. Yes, sir. Okay. I yes, got sir. you. So, uh, so you were just one, uh, I guess, of the, uh, the many applicants that put their name in the hand. I mean, did you say, Hey, I guys, I want this job. You know, th this is my job. I want to come talk to you. Tell us how that went. Well, I, I heard, I heard through great Ron that, that one of the jobs in Liberty Times would come open. And I was like, nah, I don't believe that. So somebody said, check the internet. So I checked the internet, you know, on the event, they have different jobs come open and Bradwell came open. And so I said, let me, let me just see what, what happened. So I, I applied and got an interview and um, we talked uh, about my vision and how I uh, wanted to take things, how I want to go as far as Bradwell football is concerned and what I think we can become and my vision and what uh, Dr. Perry, Dr. Barber, what they wanted to happen and Dr. Mr. Van Horn, excuse me, the principal at Bradwell, our vision's kind of aligned and so we decided to go ahead and move forward with it. Okay, all right. Again, we are uh, glad to have joining me here in studio on set. He is the new head coach at Bradwell Institute. Of course, talking about Coach Deshaun Brock. How tough was it to leave Mitchell County? Very tough, very tough. Because I'm, I'm, I'm real loyal. And um, Camilla, the community, brought me in open arms. When I first got there in 2017, they took a chance on me. Um, and, and giving me my first head coaching opportunity. Uh, a very uh, history-rich program, used to winning, used to playing big-time football in single-A, and great kids, great community. I love that place. It will forever be a second home for me. I, I'm going to follow them, and I know Coach Pink is going to do a great job down there and, and, and keep, keep it going on an upper path. And I have a lot of kids that I, I have a lot of love for that I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm watching out for and, and watching them progress and, and have a great season um, next year. So it was very tough to look them in the eyes and say, I'm leaving, but I want you to stay here. You know, don't don't go nowhere else. I want you to stay, but I'm leaving. And so you almost sound like a hypocrite telling the kids to leave, to stay when you're leaving. Um, but I had to explain to them it was a family situation. Um, 
or that I, I was going home. That I don't think there was any other program really that I would have left for if I didn't go to Bradwell and to go to Hinesville. I was content staying right there in Camilla, trying to achieve and win that state championship that we were shooting for because I felt like we were right there. We're on the brink. We're getting close. And like I said, we returned a lot of talent on that team, and it's just the cars fell where they fell uh, for this Bradwell job opening up and me going that direction. We are talking today with the head coach of Bradwell Institute, of course, uh, Deshaun Brock in studio with me. All right, Coach, uh, listen, you talked about history. You talked about the history of great football uh, at Mitchell County. Mm -hmm. Bradwell Institute, the same thing can be said. Uh, when I hear Bradwell Institute, I mean, I think of, you know, it being one of the top ten programs in terms of historical yes, sir. football, especially over on the coast. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, having said that, last year was not one of those years. Mm -hmm. It was a year that I'm sure everybody affiliated with Bradwell Institute wants to forget. Yes, sir. So talk about what you're coming in and inheriting which was a winless team from last year. Yes, sir. Well, I'm inheriting a, a quality team, and I don't think that the the talent that's on the team is indicative of the, of the, the excuse me, the record they had last year. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of quality guys. Um, Michael Perry, you got a 6'4", 235 defense, 35 pound defensive end, mm -hmm. who's just a monster. The kid runs like he's a receiver, but he's the strongest kid on the team. You have a kid like Eli Leotawa, who plays linebacker, also doubles as a running back. A dog, you know, a lot of coaches say, "Man, I want a dog. Somebody just go hunt." Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. And then you got some other kids like like um, Khalil Lattimore and Mike Prince and KJ Melvin and um, Boosie, as we call him, Jatarius Grayson, and um, the list goes on. The, the the cabin, excuse me, the the cabin is not empty. There's a lot of talent in Hinesville and at Bradwell, and we just have to put the pieces to the puzzle correctly and put the right kids in the right place and make them believe again that they can be successful and win. I know they fell on hard times the last couple of years, but there's talent there, and I think we're going to turn this thing around. It's not going to be an overnight process. There's work to be done, definitely, but there's definitely talent. I inherited a good quality team. The senior class at Bradwell is very talented, and they're capable of doing a good job. So uh, if you guys got a question for, uh, for Coach Brock, again, you can send it to me. I'll pass it along to Coach Brock as we welcome in the new head coach of the Bradwell Institute Tigers Again, coming off a, a very forgettable season. But Coach Brock, as he just mentioned, looking and eager to turn the program around. So we have a question coming in already. Now, it's part of, partly what I've already asked you, mm -hmm. but we have a question from Cole Moore who says, Hey, Coach, how tough was it to leave Mitchell after helping build that program up to what it is now? Very tough, very tough. We just got a brand new stadium. Um, thank you, uh, Dr. Adams, for doing that for us before you left and retired. Um, they're in talks of getting a 50-yard indoor. <laughs> Everything is falling in place for Mitchell County to be. No, uh, uh, an indoor practice facility? Yes, sir. At that, Mitchell County? Yes, sir. It's in the talks. It's in Whoa. the talks. 50-yard indoor. So everything that you need to be a powerhouse in Georgia it's the process there to take no steps, steps to go. And not only that, Mitchell County, Camilla, it's talent, it's talent in that county. It's ungodly the amount of talent and the amount of athletes per, per capita in Mitchell County alone. And so to leave that, it was tough. Uh, long nights, sleepless nights, praying, are you making the right decision? Do you really want to go home that bad? Because I know what the future holds in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th grade. I'm telling you now, the kid that's going to take over at quarterback, um, 
put it this way, Florida State's already writing them. We got a 6'4 offensive lineman, Florida State's already writing them. So there's talent in Camilla. So it was very, very, very tough to leave to leave Camilla in Mitchell County. Very tough. I, I don't you. take it for life. I don't take it lightly at all. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Bradwell Institute, again, you're coming in, inheriting a team that, you know, I mentioned last year's uh, 0-8 record. Year before, three and seven. Sounds like, again, it was time for a change. It sounds like, again, though, you've got uh, somewhat of a reclamation project uh, on your hands. What are you inheriting in terms of returning talent? Do you, and when you take over a situation like that, do you just open everything up by saying, hey, I don't care where you played last year, I'm, I'm going to completely reevaluate all of you guys. Let's talk about that. Yes, yeah, sir. So everybody gets a clean slate. I don't know. A lot of and that can things. work both ways. Yes, when sir. You say clean slate. Clean slate. So every I don't know you, you don't know me. Right. Whatever happened last year happened last year. We yeah. can't control that. Right. Only thing we can control now is you can come in here and compete. For whatever reason, you get the player time you wanted. You didn't get to compete for the position you wanted. Guess what? If you want it, come and get it. So now it's open competition in every position. And so kids are out there working hard. They're busting the tail in the weight room, the, the, the gassers, the different agility drills we have them doing. Everybody's going full tilt, and they're paying the price in a way. When I told them, we got to pay the price now because yep. we don't want it to happen. What happened last year, the year before, to happen this year. So pay the price now. So on game day, it's paid. Let's go get paid. So everybody's competing, trying to get that work, and I love it. Absolutely. Um, what about staff? Uh, what can you tell us about your staff of assistants? Um, we're, we're trying to fill. We got one more spot left. Looking for an inside linebackers coach. So if you're certified in P, you want to move to the Savannah area, Hinesville area. Email me, dbrockalubi.k12.ga.us. I'm looking for a quality inside linebackers coach who um, can have somebody in the building, want as many in the building coaches as possible. But the staff is coming along nicely. We'll have the majority of our coaches um, down for the spring. And by, by summertime, we'll hopefully have that, that last spot filled. We've got somebody doing it right now. The community is great. Got some um, community coaches coming out helping us. But we definitely want somebody in-house, in-building. And so that's why we're kind of putting that out there right now for inside linebackers coaching because we want as many coaches hands-on deck helping mold these kids. So did you take any of your coaches from Mitchell with you? I, I, I'm, taking, I'm taking one. I wanted to take more. I'm not going to put them on blast. They know who they are. I wanted to take more. I had a very quality staff over at Mitchell. I love those guys so much. They really work hard. And it wasn't all about me. It's because I had great coaches. What do you mean now you wanted to take them, but I, you – I could have – you know – they had families that way, land that way, houses over there. Okay. You know, different you. opportunities where they couldn't just pack up and leave. I got you. So um, I couldn't, not that I couldn't get them a job or they weren't welcome. Hey, all of them, I told them, if you want to come, let's go. But, you know, they had different priorities and things of that nature on this side of the state, and they couldn't pack up and come up with me to Hinesville. So, unfortunately, I only only able to take one with me. Um, so, Kyron Stewart, he'll be there. Uh, during the spring, and um, we got some other coaches coming in from around the state. Yes, sir. And he is what? Uh, he's going to be coaching wide receivers. Okay. Yes, All sir. Right. What about uh, as far as offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator? Have you got those nailed down yet? Yes, sir. We was able to convince uh, Coach Davis, the track coach over at Bradwell, who's a longtime defensive coordinator for uh, for a while, to come out of retirement and come back on the football field. So he's going to be taking over the defensive backs and being a defensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, uh, coach Willie Lawson is coming down from Dooley County to take over the offensive line. Okay. And we've got a few other coaches coming in as well. All right. Now, so when you say the coach uh, from Dooley County, who is that again? Willie Lawson. He's offensive line coach. Okay. Yes, All sir. Right. So it sounds like you pretty much have got your staff complete almost. Yes, sir. Okay, very good. That's got to be very reassuring because, I mean, that's one of the things when you come in, you know, uh, to a new program – 
and you pretty much, as you said earlier, you got to start from scratch. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, people think, well, I've got to learn the players. Heck, man, you've got to get you a full staff. Yes. Uh, that, you know, that you may or may not know, as you just mentioned, you want to bring at least one guy with you that you know, but mm -hmm. that makes it even tougher to uh, to fill out the rest of your staff. Definitely. Right now, we're working on skeleton crew, uh, three or four guys in the building, um, trying to get everything put together. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, we're working working well together. The kids are, are taking to what we want them to know and um, right. good work ethic there with the children, the student athletes, excuse me. Um, but yes, like you said, coming in and not having a, a full staff come with you and having to recruit more coaches to come in and, and share that same vision with you. It's a task, but it's, it's a task that I'm up for. Again, guys, if you have a, a question for Coach Brock while we've got him here, by all means, send in your questions, your comments, and I will certainly pass them along to Coach Deshaun Brock, who is in studio with us. Brad Willis getting a great football coach going back home. I think Coach will get the best out of his kids. That's quite a compliment for you. Thank you. Gotta I appreciate like that. that. Thank you. Thank you. What is your scheme? What do you run? What's your philosophy? Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, sir. My, my thing is to put my athletes in space and, and get them the ball and let, let an athlete be an athlete, make big plays. Uh, we're going to run a multiple formation spread offense, and we want like to use tempo as weapons. So by play and formation design, we want to kind of dictate the pace of the game to the defense and just get the, uh, put our athletes in space and give them the ball and let them do work. I got you. And then uh, what about on the defensive side? But the, on the defensive side, we're looking probably in a 3-5. We was thinking about going to a 4-2-5, but just want to see how, how many linemen do we have, big boys inside. So right now we're looking at a 3-3 stack. Okay, so what is the biggest difference for the, for, you know, uh, the, the, the general knowledge fans out there? I mean, most of us have pretty good knowledge of, you know, the X's and O's, but when you start drilling down deep, into the particular scenarios, mm. offensive schemes, defensive uh, you know, alignment, that kind of thing. What's the biggest difference between, say, a 4-3 and mm. what you're pro uh, proposing to run, which, again, as you mentioned earlier, the 3-3 three, three stack? For, for, for us or, or for what we're trying to do is just you have to have those big boys inside, that big nose guard that can command that double team. Yeah. Uh, with us having a lot of taller, wiry athletes who are kind of hybrids, yeah. being on playing those ponies or outside linebackers, the 3-3 three, three stack will work better for us and what we're trying to do. I got you. All right. Again, we're finishing up with uh, Deshaun Brock. So you're kind of in between right now. That's one of the things that allowed you to be able to visit with me today. Yes, sir. Because you're still, I guess, what we call in transit right yes, now. Is sir. that right? Yes, sir. Talk about the move and uh, getting your family. I mean, look, and I know you're looking forward to going back to Bradwell, but, you know, one of the realities is you do have to uproot your family, got to move everybody. And uh, tell us uh, about the family. Uh, yeah, the fam Rock. family's doing well. Um, my twins and my daughter, they still, they're still in Thomasville. We're still transitioning. How old are your twins? Uh, they're not actually, they're three and four, but they look identical. So I, call them, <laughs> I affectionately call them twins. That's all right. And they're, they're inseparable. Whereas there's one, you're always going to see the other. There you go. And on my daughter, she's 10, and she's still she's over at um, Scott Elementary in Thomasville. Malia, mm -hmm. how you doing, baby? Daddy loves you. Um, so I'm going to go see them when I leave here and I'll spend some time with them and then head back first thing in the morning for work. So it's, it's, it's a little tough. It's a little tough, but it's a sacrifice that has to be made you know, for the yeah. betterment of the family. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. I'm with you there. So, uh, again, Coach Brock in trans, uh, transition right now going from – and you lived in Thomasville, Yes, right? sir, I lived in Thomasville. And, uh, again, making the way over – uh, to Bradwell Institute, and it is in Hinesville? Yes, sir, it's in Hinesville, right outside the gate of the military base. Yes, really? Sir. Within walking distance. No kidding. Yes, sir. So what is the fan base over there? I, I mean, that, that seems like it would be kind of an interesting 
makeup, uh, well, I guess as far as the roster goes, too, I guess what I'm trying to ask, do you get a lot of the kids from the military base uh, that, that go to the school there at Bradwell? Not as many as we do. Let me say this. We, we do. We do. We get a lot. But it's a very transient city, being with the military sure. in town. So yes. the soldiers, they have options, whether it's Liberty County, uh, Bradwell, Long County, uh, Richmond Hill, Bryant County. So you would think with the military base being in Hinesville that us, Bradwell, and Liberty would get all of those guys. And hopefully that, that'll change with us being there. We're coming for you. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to get the soldiers to bring your kids to us. You know, it's quality football right here in Hinesville, whether it be at Bradwell or Liberty. You don't got to go to Richmond Hill. You don't got to go to Bryan County. Stay home in Hinesville. We'll take care of them. Take good care of them. We'll get them to the next level too. Um, but we don't get as many of them as I would like. Um, but there's a lot of homegrown talent right there in Hinesville, quality talent, as you've seen with Richard LeCount going to NFL, one of my foreign players, uh, Jamin Davis being a first-round pick, yes, number 19. Absolutely, right. Uh, Tariq Carpenter, mm. he'll probably be one of the top-rated safeties coming out of Georgia Tech, coached him over at Long County. Right there in that Hinesville area, it's a hotbed of talent. And we're just trying to get them all, you know, come over, be a Bradwell Tiger. Look I hear forward you. To and listen, it, it really is a hotbed. When you talk about being a hotbed for talent and good football, you're not exaggerating there. I can remember some of the greatest teams playing, you know, coming out of Bradwell Institute. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Uh, as we again you know, wrap up with uh, Deshaun Brock, uh, kind of give you the final word here. Are you, you know, are you going to be able to turn around what again was a, a, an 0 8 team last year? Mm -hmm. Do you have realistic expectations of maybe going from that to a playoff team? And, and listen. I know you don't want to ever admit that, you know, hey, look, we don't have a chance this year to do that. But I think at some point you got to be realistic as well. So kind of give me – let's find a happy medium here. What are you thinking? What are your expectations with what you've seen so far? Have you really had a chance to interact with your team yet? Or kind of give us an update on what you have noticed about your team, if anything, and what you've been able to glean from those guys. Um, I think it's realistic to say that we can make the playoffs. Like I said, there's a lot of – a lot of talent, right? Walking the halls in Bradwell. So one of the things I did was day one. My first day, we said we're going to start conditioning, weight training, day one, March 1st. So we had about 30, 40 guys show up, and I wasn't satisfied with the numbers. So everybody, every athlete kind of hangs around the gym. Yes. You know, in every school, I don't care what school you're at, they hang around the gym. So I go play basketball with them three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, me, uh, Coach Ty, shout out to Coach Randolph. He's out there playing with them too. And I recruit him. Hey, come see me. Come see me. And, and gradually those numbers go up. And I tell my kids, hey, I need you to go get one. Everybody go bring me one. And they start getting their friends. And their friends like, what we're doing is hard, it's tough at first, but they enjoy and they like it. But realistically, I do believe we can make the playoffs. It's all about putting the right pieces to the puzzle in the right places, and I think we'll be successful. It's not going to be an overnight process. It's not going to be easy by no means. I'm in a quality region with quality coaches. It's going to be tough, but I do think we can get in. So, uh, we, we talked about spring practice, uh, which you guys have got uh, coming up. Yeah, so we're starting Friday. Okay, starting Friday. Mm -hmm. Will that really be your first look at, you know, other than what you've seen on film, uh, of what your team is going to be like? I mean, will that really be? You know, with, with, the, with the pads on and balls flying around, yes, sir. But we have, like I said, we're, we're out here conditioning. Yes. We're doing drills, right. agility drills. Right. So, you can kind of see who can play what and who fits where. I got you. But once you put the pads on, you know, everybody looks good with no pads on. You know, it's a lot <laughs> of PE right. All-Americans around here that's looking real exactly. good. I might, I might look good with no pads on. But when you start to put the pads on and we start flying around, you really get to see and get an idea of who's who. And it sets, it sets the men away from the boys. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm excited about it. Well, listen, we want to get you back 
whenever uh, and, and if it's in studio, great. But even if we have to hear from you by phone, yes, sir. I want to get an update on what's happening. You know, after spring football practice is over. Okay. Now, are you guys going to do nine days? Of uh, a practice and then do a spring game with somebody. What's your format? Well, uh, unfortunately, we're unable to secure a game. Um, so right now, on the twentieth, we have a blue and white game at Overly Field at six o'clock. Come check us out if you're in the area. And just inter squad scrimmage, best on best. Okay. Have the young kids play and have the older kids play and film it and, and evaluate and see where we go from there. Sounds good. Who you guys open up with this year? What's your schedule look like? Uh, so we have Burke County August 6th in scrimmage. Then we open up Westside Macon on the 20th. And then we have the hometown rivalry, uh, Liberty County versus Bradwell Ooh, at Liberty. So everybody's out. excited for that one. Yes, look sir. Look out. All right. August 27th, excuse me. I got you. That's yes, going to be some good football. Deshaun Brock, we look forward to uh, talking with you a lot this year. And want to wish you the best of luck on your uh, your new gig over there in, in Hinesville as yes, the sir. head coach of Brandon Institute. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Anytime. Deshaun Brock, the new head coach of Bradwell Institute. Join me in welcoming him over there to the Savannah area. I know he's going to do well, like many of you have also uh, talked about here on your comment section. So, uh, again, it's the first time that we've had a chance to talk to Deshaun Brock here in studio, but you can bet it will not be the last. Thanks again, Coach. I appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. And go Tigers. There you go. We got to take a break, guys. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we will uh, pick up where we left off with more sports talk right here. Extra point. Phil Jones with you. ITG next, George. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie, at Five Points. Yeah, it all, it all sort of stems back from, from Dr. Houston. He was sort of the first one to, to be the physician on the field, and um, he felt that you could get a, you know, see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision 
and Future for Sports Medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners, and if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. As long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be. So we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Westminster head baseball coach Chad Laney as we talk to Coach about how things are going so far this season. Coach Laney will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Westminster program. That's the Chad Laney Westminster Coaches Show with myself and Coach Laney. Heard every other Wednesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. All right, welcome back, guys. Phil Jones with you. Thanks for the compliments, guys, on the uh, interview. I, too, thought it was a, a great interview, not so much for anything that I said. But uh, uh, what a refreshing uh, gentleman in head coach Deshaun Brock going from Mitchell County to Bradwell Institute. Guys, I got to tell you, I think that's a heck of a jump for, for the coach. I think it's a heck of a promotion. Uh, and, again, that's no slight on Mitchell County. Uh, I think everything works out here for everybody involved. I think Coach Brock is going to do a fantastic job, and I think he's great for what Bradwell Institute needed at this point, which was somebody to come in and get this program turned around. Guys, I mean, no wins last year. They had three wins the year before. So, uh, good deal with uh, Deshaun Brock uh, getting hired as the new head coach there at uh, Bradwell Institute. All right. So, I always, by the way, I always get Bradwell Institute confused with Benedictine. I can't tell you how many times I want to call Bradwell Institute the cadets, but that's Benedictine. So, anyway, just a little uh, fun fact for you on this uh, Monday. We're going to go to the phone lines right now and welcome in our first call of the day. Caller, welcome to the show. Hey, Phil, how are you doing today? I'm good, brother. What's on, going on with you, man? Great, doing great, man. What a great interview. Uh, I think I, I'm, I think a lot about uh, of Coach Brock uh, uh, since I moved down to this area. He he's done a really fantastic, fantastic job, and it's great to see him go uh, back home. Yeah, it really is. It really. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, like I said earlier, nothing against Mitchell County. I was a little surprised when I saw that he was leaving Mitchell. I just simply because I just thought he had a lot more to do and a lot more to gain there as the head coach at Mitchell County. But you know, uh, as you said, he gets a he gets a chance to come home. I think the people at Bradwell Institute, the powers that be, saw that they had a great candidate on their hands, and it was just too good of a deal to pass up on either side. Cole, so I think it's going to work out great. Yeah, I do too, uh, and I wish him nothing but the best because he's uh, Mitchell County's got a good football team. Yeah, uh, and, he and, left yeah, good yeah. Football team. and he's built it up. 
Yeah. But man, listen, you know I'm a Blue Devil fan, so I got to shout out my man, Rashad Bateman, first round draft pick. That's it. And Tip County was celebrating like you had not seen. You thought we won a state championship. So tell me, where were you? Oh, uh, I was in Tipton. Right, but I mean, was there like, wasn't there a draft party that he hosted or something? Yeah, he, I actually left a little bit earlier, but yeah, he. Where he was had, it? Uh, at his mom's house. Okay. He had it at his mom's house, and uh, it was really cool to see a kid come back home. You know what I'm saying? And, yes. Uh, kind of give back to the community. <clears throat> and uh, he's done a, he done a really great job. He had been home for two weeks and, and doing workouts and going to see the middle school kids and, and talking with the high school football players and uh, just, you know, giving back to us. And, you know, seeing him, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, you've seen him grow up. Um, you know, you watched him play on Friday nights, and then, you know, he all wowed us when he went to Minnesota. Right. And uh, now, uh, you know, he's I, th- I, th- to- I think, in fairness, wowed us in, in maybe more ways than one when he decided to go to Minnesota. You know, now we see the Brockington young man from Colquitt County has also committed. And, Cole, what I'm talking about there, you know, you just did not ever see – South Georgia guys going up to Northeast schools, or I guess what in this case, maybe like a, a Midwest, somewhere in between there. But uh, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers now, again, they just got a great one out of Tiff County, going to get another one, great one now out of Colquitt County. Obviously, they're doing something right there at Minnesota to attract these young men from the warm, toasty climate of Southern Georgia to go into one of the coldest places in the continental United States cold. Yeah, uh, P.J. Fleck has done a fantastic That's right. job. He's done a fantastic job out of recruiting players uh, out of this area. And and it's not just a couple. I, you know, I can't remember the kid's name. I think a couple years ago, it might have been last year or the year before, he got a kid out of Lee County as well. Um, so he's he's um, doing great. He's doing um, – he's recruiting very well, uh, and, you know, Rashad was talking about, you know, all the naysayers about, oh, man, you should have went to Georgia. You should have you should have went to Georgia. And then, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, he trusted his decision and, and it paid off in the long run. I mean, you know, not many not many kids can say, hey, I was drafted in the first round. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Cole Moore checking in with us here on this uh, Monday. So, let me ask you this. Who's going to be, you think, the next Tiff County Blue Devil that we will hear his name called as we did Rashad Bateman yesterday? Well, as of right now, I mean, you'd have to go to big uh, Tyree West. I mean, that, 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 Good would pick. Be, that would be my guy. I mean, you know, considered one of the best defensive linemen in the, con- the whole country. Um, you know, he's going to go play ball for Kirby Smart. Uh that defense uh, in Athens, I know it hurts my heart, but, uh, you know, I think he's going to do great things up there in Athens. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I guess you're right, you know, when you start talking about, you know, who would be uh, the next understudies 
uh, from Tiff County that would be making that uh, that next leap in the NFL draft. Hey, I think Tyree West is certainly the potentially now, and there's a lot's got to happen between now and then. So I don't want to you know to, to, to jinx the young man for sure, but no. I think that he right now has all the tools that you know w- would make a potential number one pick. Your thoughts, Cole? Yeah, I think he has the uh, what what we have called what we have talked about him over the years the it fact he has that it fact no doubt yes uh, um, you know and he's had it for several years I'm not discrediting discrediting uh, Rashad Bateman but he didn't come he didn't really come into his own until probably about the end of his junior year and then of course his senior year he blew up uh, but you know we've talked about Tyree West you know since he was a freshman. You know, this kid's got talent. He's, you know, um, so I, I think he's the next one. And, and like you said, there's a lot that has to happen. Um, you know, he, he's got to keep his head on the swivel. He's got to continue to learn and get better. Um, but I'm telling you, he, as far as the defensive lineman, he's a monster. Um, and I want to shout out the state of Georgia. What about all these picks? You know, you got Trevor Lawrence, you know, Scott Bateman. I mean, Georgia was eating. Just had so much guys go in this draft that played high school ball here. Uh, twenty-one, <clears throat> excuse me, twenty-one former Georgia high school football players taken in the NFL draft. Now, interestingly enough, that was the same exact amount as last year's draft. Twenty-one. <laughs> That's crazy. It's just it just shows you how. We have some of the best football in the country down here and some of the best talent down here in the state of Georgia. Absolutely. No doubt. And, you know, the thing about it is, um, you know, of those uh, 21 picks, uh, well, I've got a list of them here that I'll read off in just a second. But, of course, you know, Justin Fields, of course, from Harrison. But you look at all the different counties, there's Long County. You consider that pretty much um, somewhat, you know, middle to southern Georgia, right? Right. Tiff County, um, trying to think of some other ones or look at some other ones here. Ware County, um, da, 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 Liberty County. So that's about it as far as southern counties that yielded, uh, you know, some of the 21 picks. Hey, but still, a great day, as we talked about, for guys that we were talking about not that long ago. And I'm talking about talking about their performances on Friday nights, Cole. Yeah, yeah. Uh- like, like it just seems like yesterday we was watching, uh, as far as I'm concerned, watching Rashad Bateman eat up teams like Parkview and Lounge and, <laughs> you know, just just eating them up, you know, double covering them and triple covering them at yes. times. Yes, yes. He's just running, catching the ball, running all over. I mean, it seems like it was just yesterday, Phil. And that just, it's just – it's crazy how, you know, already Rashad, you know, enters the draft in uh, – you know, it's it's one of those things. Like in my lifetime, um, I've never seen a player that just put the whole community on his back in a way. And uh, you know, it was like a community wide celebration when Rashad got picked. Um, Facebook was blowing up, cell phones were blowing. You know, it was just a a very happy time and. Uh, you know, and, and it just shows, you know, like Rashad was telling the younger middle school kids, you know, yep. if you put in the work, if you put in the work, it can be done. 
you know, it, it can be done down here in Tip County. We have athletes down here. So, and, all right, so let's talk about the athletes. Let's talk about the present tense. Let's talk about Tiff County. Uh, have they started spring practice yet? Yes, yes. Uh, still looking for a quarterback, but, uh, you know, uh, we feel pretty confident that some younger guys at, at the quarterback position. Um, and uh, we feel pretty strongly about uh, our chances at uh, being a successful offense. The defense has not dropped off from uh, from what I heard. That they're 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 ahead of the offense at this point in time, and I, you would expect that. I mean, it's spring ball, and uh, you return most of your starters on defense, but you're installing a new offense. So, you know, they they're they're flying around. You know, they're uh, they're excited. We got a lot of numbers. That's good to see. We have a lot of kids. Yep. That have come out this year. Uh, we have a have a big number of kids, uh, and that's always nice to see. It's refreshing to see that, you know, kids are, you know, they want to play. I know it's a fresh start, and maybe you see this from time to time, but uh, it's good to have those those uh, that 140 number of varsity kids on on coming out, and uh, so it's it's a big number. Um, so. We're excited about that compared to the, uh, the how many kids we had last year. So, um, and, and that's always good, you know, to get see our kids getting involved uh, with the program. So, sure. we're excited. We're excited about that. But uh, we got to put the pieces together just like everybody else does, you know, at Bout Austin and other other schools. We got to put it together. Um, but uh, we're excited, man. Hey. This is the beginning, you know. <laughs> this, this is what I tell folks. They ask me all the time, "What do you think about spring ball?" I said, "Hey, we're one step closer to fall. You know, we got we got to start somewhere." And, and I'm glad this year, uh, as far as Tip Campbell's concerned, we really needed a spring. Uh, consi- uh, you know, for what we all went through last year. Yep. Not knowing if we were going to have a football season, or you know, so it's it's refreshing. Um, but we really need this time. Uh, but hey, I expect big things. You know, expectations are always a thing. But um, I expect us a little lot, look a lot better uh, than we did last year and the year before. Hunter Williams uh, asking for the call-in number. Hunter, if you want to check in with us whenever we get through with Cole two two nine, and really for anybody else too that wants to call in two two nine two zero six. Three five five three is the number. Again, two two nine two zero six three five five three is the number. Cole, have I ever asked you, by the way, about your favorite NFL team? Oh no, but it's the Cowboys. Oh no, no, not another bandwagon Cowboy fan. All right, so I give. What made you become a Cowboy fan? Um, I, I, I'm a big time Florida Gator fan, as you know, and uh, one, one of my <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> one of my favorite players was Emmett Smith, and he played for the Cowboys, and uh, that's that's pretty much where that came from. Uh, <clears throat> my uh, my brother, he's a Cowboys fan, and you know, so we we always just uh, rooted for Cowboys and Emmett Smith. So I stuck true to my colors, but uh, you know, looks like one of Looks like y'all Falcons fans, you know, you got a Gator at the number four pick. You know, now y'all got a lot of high hopes for him. 
Hey, listen, let me tell you, uh, couldn't care for him while he was a Gator, but now that he's through with that chapter of his life, Kyle Pitts I'm talking about, hey, we welcome him in with open arms. I got to be honest with you now, you know, um, uh, the the Falcons have been the recipient of some really good ex-Gators. Um, yeah. The uh, Who was the Jones uh, kid uh, that was on the defense for the Falcons? So, yeah, I know you're talking, you're talking about Brandon Jones. No, uh, he was a, he was like a uh, he was like a defensive back slash out linebacker, um, and I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. Anyway, so yeah, he was a great uh, uh, Florida Gator and became a really solid Atlanta Falcon. So yeah, you know what? Once they uh, leave college, man, hey, they're fair game, and if they want to uh, uh, help my Falcons get better, then I'm all for it. But and I think Kyle Pitts is going to do that. I think he was the best player. Or no. none in uh, in the draft. Hey, man, got to take a break. You want to stay with me during the break? Yeah, sure. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more of my conversation with my buddy Cole Moore. Plus, again, if you guys want to offer up some comments, uh, chat with us, send in the comments there on our uh, page. And uh, don't forget, later on, you too can make a phone call and be a part of the show, 229 206 3553 right here. Extra point. Phil Jones with you. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Want to know the inside scoop? Subscribe to our ITG Next Georgia newsletter. Every week, get the best high school sports news delivered straight to your inbox. Rankings, player stats, recruiting news, and hot sports topics. Sign up today at itgnext.com slash newsletter. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie at Five Points. Yeah, it all it all sort of stems back from from Dr. Houston. He was sort of the first one to to be the physician on the field, and um, he felt that you could get a you know see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision and future for sports medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners. And if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. As long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be. So we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. 
I'd like to invite you to join me for our upcoming weekly podcast with Buford High baseball coach Stuart Chester as we talk about the Wolves baseball program this year. Coach Chester will share his insight on his team, the competition, and other news related to Buford High School and surrounding programs. That's the Buford High Baseball Coaches Show with myself and Coach Stuart Chester every week right here at ITG Next Georgia. Hey guys, I'm Phil Jones, your host of Next Take Georgia, our weekly podcast brought to you by ITG Next. On Next Take Georgia, we interview the top names in high school sports in Georgia, including athletes, officials, coaches, and those that impact and cover high school sports. Recent guests include Dr. Robin Hines, Executive Director of the GHSA, Frank Sokowski, Sports Director for WJCL in Savannah, and coaches Maurice Freeman and Marquise Westbrook, who joined me recently to discuss opportunities for more blackhead coaches in Georgia. You can find Next Take Georgia at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. That's Next Take Georgia, brought to you by ITG Next. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Fellowship Christian Head Coach Sean Oliver as we talk about the Paladins baseball program and how things are going so far this season. Coach Oliver will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Paladins program. That's the Fellowship Christian Coaches Show with myself and head baseball coach Sean Oliver. Heard every other Friday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. And welcome back, everybody. Phil Jones with you. Kicking off our number two, six o'clock hour here on this Monday. Cole Moore is still with us on the phone, I guess. Cole, are you with me? Yes, sir. All right, buddy. So, um, so, so, Tiff County, what have you been able to tell, man, uh, with the, the, the new coach? It seems like there is a uh, big-time excitement in the air from everything I'm seeing on social media, but uh, you are at the heart of it all. So, kind of give us an update on what's happening up there uh, with the new head coach. 
Yeah, um, it's hard, maybe hard to uh, believe, but uh, um, so far, Tifton looks more physical, uh, the physicality part. I think Tifton's going to be m- way more physical than uh, people may anticipate. Uh, they're they're going to be, they're going to be very physical at the point of attack, um, and that's that's the number one thing that Noel Dean wants. Uh, well, Cole, let me just inter- interrupt you for just for a second because I got to be honest with you. You know, of the problems that Tift had last year, I didn't think that physicality on the defensive side was one of the problems. I thought that was, yeah. I thought that, in fact, was really one of their strong points. So, you know, if they can build on that and make it even, you know, more intense, then that's just, I think, going to be a big plus for them. But I guess what I'm saying is, though, I didn't see that as being a big negative last year. But your thoughts? No. um, What our key is to get more physical at the linebacker position, honestly. Um, We want our linebackers to be physical. We want them to run sideline to sideline. The defensive front is fine, uh, but our linebackers, you may see a a little different, maybe more uh, blitzing from uh, Tiff County's uh, linebacker core. So we want Want our linebackers to be more physical um, and be a, and be fat and to be fast. And uh, now our offensive line, uh, Noel Dean is is preaching. We have got to be more physical. Um, just from the film that he's watched from last year, yeah. he feels like uh, uh, our our kid on the offensive line got whooped up front. Um, and sometimes he, they did, yeah. So he 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 just doesn't. You know, he feels like uh, that's where it needs to start is physicality. Um, the quarterback situation is a, you know, it is a key, just like with any uh, football team. Uh, it, if you really look at it last year, uh, the teams that uh, had good quarterback play, you know, they went far in the playoff, um, if you really look at it. So we have to find that right guy that can run our offense to a tee and be smart with the football. Uh, we feel pretty confident about wide receivers, um, even our running backs. Our running backs are going to be younger, uh, which they were young last year. But there's about three or four guys you could see uh, tote the rock, uh, run the ball on Friday. So, I got you. I got so you. So that, but other than that, you know, the key right there, you know, circling that, you know, if there's one spot that, you know, we would worry about right now. I, I, honestly, it would be the quarterback position because there's no clear-cut guy. And I know it's spring ball, but um, hopefully by the time fall camp, you know, we have a clear – you know, the end of fall camp, maybe we'll have a clear-cut guy and a, and a leader at that at that quarterback position. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Jimmy Helms checking in, says, Hey, Phil, if you get the chance, ask Cole if he's met Coach Michael Dosher. He oh. is, of course, the the new strength and conditioning coach there at Tift. Uh, I think probably, uh, without a doubt, is the n- number one strength and conditioning coach when it comes to high school football in the state of Georgia. I thought it was an incredible get for Tift County when they got Coach Dosher from Valdosta State University to come in and take over the strength and, strength and conditioning program there at Tiff County. But uh, anyway, that's Jimmy Helps' uh, question for you. Uh, if you have met Michael Dosher, and if so, what's your impression of the strength and conditioning coach? Well, I'm going to tell you, I've met him one time, and uh, uh, last year 
was his first year at Tifton, and, and we really didn't get off. You know, he really couldn't get with the kids like he wanted to. But I'm going to tell you, the energy and what he knows, uh, he's one of the best in the business, Phil. I'm just telling you. he. I've heard. I, he is – I mean, he's tough, and he gets the best out of his kids as well. Um, but I'm going to tell you, he's one of the best in the business. Like, <laughs> some of those workouts he makes those kids go through, look, it, it ain't no pushover, I promise you. He gets – and that could be a reason why you've seen our defense as physical as they were. They were um, – I'm telling you, he's good. Um, and I'm glad he's in Tifton. You know, uh, he spent several years at Valdosta State. Um, so, he's he's a really good coach. Uh, he's really good with the kids. And, and I'm going to tell you, we're very blessed to have him in Tifton. Um, and hopefully we can keep him around a little bit. Well, it uh, certainly remains to be seen, especially the way things are going right now with, with coaches from around our area. But, um, all right, so, uh, Cole, what else is on your mind, buddy, on this uh, Monday? That's about it. Uh, I just wanted to call in, and, you know, I had to had to uh, shout my boy out, Rashad Bateman. And, but congratulations to all the, the Georgia kids that got drafted, not just Rashad. It's a big milestone. Man, I listen again. I'll say this in closing. Uh, I have heard so much. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I, I I can't remember the last time I heard so much excitement coming out of uh, Tiff County with the football program. You know, with the hiring of the new head coach, with what Rashad has uh, done. You know, to re-energize the the program and the town. Of course, being the number one pick. So right now, a lot of good things happening with Tiff County football. Let's see if they can keep it going all the way up until the start of the football season of course uh, buddy as you and i both know there's a lot of good things that can happen right now with the new head coach but proof's going to be in the pudding once the season starts you know what i'm talking about there yes sir and that's when the honeymoon stage is officially over <laughs> that's right man all right y'all have a great day man and like i always feel i enjoy you having me and uh go big blue you are more than welcome glad that you were able to make it in cole all right, y'all have a good good rest of the night. All right, buddy. See you. All right, here's my buddy Cole Moore checking in again. He is uh, what I would say is the number one Blue Devil fan that I know of. You know the guys know the deal. I uh, anoint somebody as the number one football fan for pretty much every program that we cover. It's a busy day on the phones. We're going to go back to – the phone lines. Caller, welcome into the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm casual fan, casual listener, but uh, I was, I've always been paying attention like, to what's been happening in South Georgia, obviously, with the whole uh, Rush Prof situation, and I just want to kind of hear your thoughts on it. And, like, uh, what do you think like, the state of South Georgia football is hanging to the season? Uh, yeah, no problem. Hey, uh, do you mind if I ask where you're calling from? Uh. I'm calling from uh, Northeast Florida. Oh, fantastic. Well, welcome into the show. We're glad to have you. Uh, thank you. Okay, so uh, you basically wanted to know my thoughts on the Coach Probe situation. Is that is that right? Uh, that and, like, how, like, it'll affect the other uh, teams in South Georgia. Okay. Well, let me take, uh, let me take the, you know, the, the first question about uh, the, the Coach Probe situation. Look, um couple of ways of looking at this. I uh, am a Rush Probst fan. 
I, I support the guy. Has he done some things wrong? Sure he has. Uh, should he have said those things? No, he shouldn't have. I do have a problem, though, when somebody is, is, is you know, uh, recorded secretly without their knowledge. I just think that that's kind of a, you know, a bad thing to do. Look, well, there, there was one intention there to do that, and that was, of course, uh, to, have, to exact some kind of revenge on the coach, okay? Uh, in the process, it worked, but it's also brought down, uh, you know, obviously the, the winningest football program in the country, at least, for the time being. So I support Coach Probst. I do hate what's happened. Not saying – when I say I support him, I don't necessarily support everything that he does off the field, but uh, I've seen some of the things that he's done on the field uh, with helping players out helping them, you know, get to the next level, uh, maximizing, the, you know, the most out of these young men, getting the most out of these young men. That you can't argue with with what he did at Hoover, of course, Colquitt County. And, look, I thought last year in a very short and brief sample size, one year, but, for you know, to come in uh, with that huge bullseye on your back and to take Valdosta – uh, when he you know, got the job late, had COVID to battle through, didn't really get into his players until late. And I know everybody else had to go through that as well. But having said all that, I thought that in the end, Caller, he did one of his best coaching jobs last year, leading uh, Valdosta to the uh, state semifinals in Class 6A, uh, including a huge victory over Carrollton, which at the time certainly was one of the favorites uh, in Class 6A. So, uh, again, just a, a tough deal for Coach Rush Probst all the way around. And uh, he will, I'm sure, surface somewhere when it's all said and done. Now, the other part of your question, how did that affect other South Georgia teams? Is that right? Yes. Um, well, and, and I, I just want to make sure of the context in which you're asking. Are, are you asking because of the fallout from, from the Coach Probst situation? Or how do you mean exactly how it affected other programs? Uh, what I mean is like the fact that obviously there was some uh, idea there that there were players going to Valdosta specifically to play for him. Like that obviously is going to lead to some talent being dispersed to other places. Who do you think like might end up being a potential benefit from it? Boy, that's a, that's really a good question. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. I. I, I don't. To be honest with you, caller, I don't think it really affects too many uh, teams uh, other than Valdosta. I will say maybe the teams that they're going to play this year. You know, you could argue that they'll have an advantage. Why? Well, two reasons. You got to remember um, that the the games this year will not allow Valdosta to, to uh, make the postseason. So they could win every game this year and not make it to the playoffs, or at least that's where it stands right now, pending Valdosta's last appeal, which, by the way, comes Thursday morning. Now, uh, the other thing is you got to wonder, too, you got some players that are suspended. Again, part of the appeal that's coming up that Valdosta will have heard Thursday morning, uh, and that includes some really good football players, including uh, what was their starting quarterback, Last year in Amari Jones, he obviously was uh, purported to be the starting quarterback heading into this year. Wasn't any reason to not think that. But, of course, now he is one of the five players that has been suspended. So, uh, I think as far as other teams, it allows them now maybe to, to have the opportunity that, uh, you know, hey, we think we can beat these guys now. 
Um, so that's how I think it affects the teams that are most closely affiliated with Valdosta in terms of playing against them this coming season. But other than that, I just don't really see a whole lot of effect with anybody outside Valdosta. So you don't think it's possible that some players, knowing they won't be in the postseason, could try to get themselves onto a like a bordering program, like a Lowndes or a Colquitt? Uh, they could, and I think, and I've actually heard of some instances of that very thing happening. So, uh, yeah, it could happen. Now, whether it will have an impact or how much of an impact it will have, uh, that remains to be seen. Again, I think. Just like anything, you know, is one player going to make that much of a difference on a football team? I mean, um, maybe adding, you know, a win or two. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to wait and see how that, uh, how that turns out. But I have heard those rumblings as well. Is it uh, any – additionally, uh, any – what would be the team to watch for, like, in South Georgia at this point? Well, I think, you know, in uh, – if, if you want to take it by classification – I think Class A, once again, is just going to be absolutely loaded. I think Brooks County, is once again, has got a chance to advance to their third consecutive state championship. Remember, they did it two years ago in double-A. They did it last year as a member of single-A. Of course, they play Irwin County, Caller, which is another great team in South Georgia to keep an eye on, also plays in Class A public. Now, other teams to take a look at and to watch for here in the South. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I'll break it up kind of like this. Teams that we think, without, a, without any question, you know, should be teams to watch out for. And then on the other hand, which teams are going to be dark horses? Now, I've talked about this already in at least one or two other instances. So, those teams that are obviously scheduled to – that are, that are you know, predicted to do well this year, I think uh, the Fitzgerald Purple Hurricanes – the Bainbridge Bearcats, I think Bainbridge is loaded for bear, no pun intended. I just think that they've got uh, um, uh, Smoke Bowie coming back. Guy was selected to the All-State team last year and didn't even play. I mean, that's just how much, you know, that's just how much respect he garners. He'll be back this year. you got a lot of the playmakers that are back for Bainbridge and Coach Jeff Littleton. I think they're going to be a program to contend with this year. Um, when you start talking about uh, dark horses, look out for Early County. I like the Early, and there's another Cats. Early County Bobcats are a team to watch out for. I think Camden County is going to be better with Jeff Heron. Now, of course, we're now into 7A, but I look for uh, Camden to be a team to watch for Jury's still out. You got to wonder if they're going to go through a transition season with Coach Heron coming in, going to take them back to the wing tee. Will they be able to, you know, um, to, 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 to pay immediate dividends under Coach Heron? Remains to be seen. But, again, uh, you got to like their chances under the, uh, uh, the former and now once again current head coach uh, at Camden. So a couple of other thoughts real quick. Um, let me think here. Uh, Clinch County, jury's still out on Coach Don Tyson's squad. They obviously have been winners year in and year out. They very quietly advanced to the semifinals last year. A lot of people just stop and think, wait a minute, I don't remember that. They did. Now, they lose everybody, and I do mean everybody, from last year's team. Could be a struggle this year over in Homerville for Clinch County and head coach Don Tyson. 
Um, just trying to think. Uh, I mentioned Fitzgerald, um, Early County. Like, I like Richmond Hill. Um, and so those are some of the teams, I think, that are teams to watch out for this year. Okay. I know that, uh, obviously, Camden County, I think they play uh, Oakleaf out of Florida in, in one of their out-of-state games. That should be kind of interesting, yes. even though I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sure what to expect with Oakley because I think they actually graduate quite a bit of talent. I think they also had one of their uh, players they picked up last year transfer back to Lee. So uh, who knows how they'll end up being? Uh, Madison uh, plays Valdosta. They'll be interesting. That will be a very, very interesting game. Let, let me say this too. Here's one of the things, caller, uh, you know, that, that really is unfortunate about this season coming up for Valdosta because I think that Madison County-Valdosta game, I don't care if it counts, if it doesn't count, uh, you know, if it means nothing as far as Valdosta's postseason hopes go, probably wouldn't make a big difference anyway because it's a non-region game, okay? But I think that is going to be a game you can circle on your calendar already as one to watch this year, not just in South Georgia, not just in North Florida, but across both states. And I'm talking about the entire state. I think Madison County, Valdosta, that's one of those dream games that we've always hoped for. Madison County, dominant team year in and year out down there in North Florida. You know that better than anybody under Coach Mike Coe. Valdosta, well, it's Valdosta. So, uh, that is going to be one to watch for sure. Oh, I'm very familiar with Madison County. I've seen them play a couple times over the past years. In fact, I think Valdosta was supposed to have a chance of playing, a chance of playing Columbia. Unfortunately, with the whole prop situation, they couldn't like work out a like a date for that game. That's right. That's exactly uh, right. And Lounge, uh, they play an out of state game from Florida, don't they? Uh, Lounge, yes, they do. They, they do. And that's something they have done for the last, uh, you know, few years. They have had, uh, if not one, more than, you know, a couple of uh, games scheduled against uh, Florida teams. Look, fans love that kind of stuff. I have been talking about that passionately for the last year on this show and back on my radio show. These – I call them showcase games are what people want to see. Look, we don't want to see a team come in and get paid – you know, half the gate, and take a 70 to nothing loss. It, it, those, those days, need they need to go by the wayside, okay? Let's make every game that the fans can attend a quote-unquote showcase game. Let's give the fans their money's worth. And I'll say this, you know, I look around and there's a lot of declining attendance. Uh, Valdosta's one. Tiff County's another. And there's some other programs that have suffered. Fitzgerald. We've heard about them, uh, you know, the Purple Hurricane suffering a decline in attendance. That's a couple of things. I, I, I think that, when you know, if you don't make these games exciting for the fans, who wants to pay, you know, 20 bucks for, you know, uh, a couple to go out and watch the game and it pretty much be over at halftime? Nobody wants to see that. So, I think that and uh, streaming the games, while overall I think it's a good thing for high school football but on the surface, I think for the home team, if you're not charging for the streaming service, then it can it can hurt your attendance. And I think we've seen that happen. I can agree with that to an extent, and absolutely agree with uh, the better games are going to bring out more people. It's like I'm I'm glad to see that Lounge has started to step up their out of state competition because like I felt like about ten years ago, like it felt like the games they were playing out of state were horrendous. 
But now with adding a team like a, a Miami Northwestern a couple of years ago, that was a great step up in competition. Maybe uh, in the future they might play like a Central or an Aquinas. That would be like a huge game. But I'd also say with the streaming, I know that teams in Florida, like I believe Vero Beach and Lakeland, Manti, all seem to sell out their stadiums even with free streaming. So at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to the fact that the fan base being strong will come out regardless of there being a stream or not. Yeah, look, there's some people that, that say it, it's a phenomenon that, you know, uh, there are those people, whether they can watch it at home or not, charge or no charge, you know, there are people that are going to come to the games regardless. I will, though, say one of the exceptions to that I, I do think is Valdosta. I think that their attendance has really suffered, probably worse than anybody, and I don't have any kind of hard data. I just know they don't pass the eyeball test which is, you know, uh, uh, people actually almost physically being able to count the number of people in the stands, you know, right before a kickoff. I mean, anytime you can do that in a stadium that holds, you know, what, 12,000, 13,000 people, that's never a good thing. When the fans are not in the thousands, but the hundreds, and you can count them. So, not a good thing for Valdosta. Having said all that, going to be interesting to see how the fan base responds this year to what's going on with the program what do they say call it the train wreck mentality the the uh the the deal where nobody wants to turn away you know everybody wants to see what's happening thought asta in a crazy kind of way could benefit from everything happening off the field this year i agree with the decline tennis as well as like i know in florida that there's a lot like teams that used to sell out their stadiums that now probably get 30 to 40% of the uh, stands filled. Right. That's actually kind of an interesting concept, though, with Valdos about the fact that all the controversy might actually help them in some way. But I guess I guess we'll see. Like, it's possible. I just I think it's still going to be a tough spot for them to be in. And the fact that they'll not be able to be in the playoffs, that's really going to hurt them. I know if that, if that happened to a team in Florida, like if that happened in Jacksonville, you would see about 20 to 25 of their kids leave for another school probably within a month. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that, that whole Florida transfer situation, it's just, it's, it's something out of the wild, wild west. It, it just is, it, I think it's reckless. Um, yeah, it's just not something that I really care for to, to, to see these kids be alive. Look, there are some good things, but I think the bad outweighed the good in terms of this free-for-all transfer uh, you know, scenario that they've got in, in the state of Florida, which for those that don't know, you can pretty much transfer, a student athlete can, from one school to another, and they can do it every year if they want. That's per, that's actually pretty accurate. I would also add in though, like the one thing that I would say that with this rule, that's a little bit different is just the fact that I felt like before, even before the rule changed, in like if it was a large city or a private school, you could have they would have still moved just as easy. Like there was transfers happening at a very high rate even before the rule changed. Right. I think right now that there is starting to another thing I've noticed also is like. I feel like the media in general, like in South Florida, is much more transparent with the transfers while like up here in my area, like in North Florida, the Jacksonville media, for example, they barely acknowledge the transfers. 
So from the outside, unless you're looking at the rosters very closely, you would think, oh, it's not as bad up here. In reality, these teams up here are probably getting, some of them maybe getting as many transfers as you're seeing in Orlando or some of these South Florida teams. Right. But because the media doesn't report on it, it uh, no one would even notice. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, um, a lot, lot of differences, you know, in, uh, and I've covered both, high school football in, in uh, Florida and in Georgia. Uh, a lot of differences. That certainly is one of the bigger differences, uh, the transfer situation. Uh, you know, what? another thing that's pretty interesting uh, I've noticed, the kicking game in Florida uh, is a lot less revered than it is in Georgia. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know how that's come about. But as a whole, Georgia high school football teams tend to, t- uh, t- tend to take their kicker more serious, or at least the kicking position much more serious than they do in Florida. Again, not really sure uh, what the rhyme or reason is behind that. Have you noticed the same thing? I think in some ways, yes. I think part of it is just the fact that some teams, they just don't really <laughs> spend much time developing it. Well, I've and, seen, yeah, I've seen and why is of, that? I've seen cases of teams – like, I think it was uh, Lee out of Jacksonville. Like, I've noticed them. They have a kicker. They could barely kick an extra point. I think part of it is just the fact they don't even, like, train a kicker. Like, they just have someone on the roster fill in for the extra points. Yep. For the most part, they go for two on pretty much every attempt. They do. And I, that is such a low percentage play to begin with. Uh, when you see teams line up and go for two after a touchdown, I just cringe because I'm thinking, you know, how many points are you taking away from yourself by not having some kid – look, you can have a kid just train him to, to do nothing but kick extra points. That's it. That's his sole responsibilities. And I just think it would go a long way to helping teams uh, do that. But, uh, anyway, instead I guess they want to keep going for two. <laughs> <laughs> What else you got? Always, what else you got for me, brother? Uh, I would. I, I've been on. I've been on here a pretty big time, so I'll probably get off and let someone else take a spot. But I'll, one last thing I was going to leave off: if a Lounge versus a St. Thomas Aquinas game happened, how do you think that would play out? Ooh, man, that, that it would be a slobber knocker of a game for sure. Man, you know, I'd probably give the edge to St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, just because they uh, they have proven against a lot of great talent that even when you know even when they know people come gunning for them, they still find a way to win. So I would probably give somewhat reluctantly uh, the slight edge to uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. All right, uh, definitely have enjoyed listening to the show and. Who knows? Maybe I might call in another time sometime soon. Hey, great call, by the way. And please do so. I'd love to chat with you again. All right. Um, Best of luck to you. Hey, thanks a lot. Likewise. A good call there. Uh, Guy was very passionate about his uh, his high school football, and I like that. All right. Got to take a break. Got to come back and check out all the comments that I have missed from you guys over the last few minutes. I'll get caught up on who's saying what on Extra Point. Phil Jones with you right here at ITG Next Georgia. Don't you go anywhere. We're coming right back. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. 
a great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last minute floral needs. We also offer a full service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on the go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie at Five Points. Yeah, it all it all sort of stems back from from Dr. Houston. He was sort of the first one to to be the physician on the field, and um, he felt that you could get a you know see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision and future for sports medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners. And if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. As long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be, so we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Westminster head baseball coach Chad Laney as we talk to Coach about how things are going so far this season. Coach Laney will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Westminster program. That's the Chad Laney Westminster Coaches Show with myself and Coach Laney. Heard every other Wednesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. All right, welcome back, guys. Phil Jones with you. It is our final half hour of the show. We're looking at about 6.39 on this Monday afternoon. Boy, we got things started off great today with uh, Deshaun Brock, the new head coach over at Bradwell Institute. It's what we do here, guys, welcoming uh, all these new coaches, some of the current coaches, uh, the coaches that have been at their programs for a while, trying to give you guys uh, as much insight to uh, what's happening with either your favorite program or just uh, some high school football talk that you may uh, want to enjoy from the men that run these football teams that we did today with Coach Brock. Good stuff there from the new head coach at Bradwell Institute. All right, uh, let's see what you guys are talking about on this Monday. How about Clarence Smitty Smith saying, great high school football show. Sir, thank you for the kind words. Much appreciated. All right, Stephen Wynn talking about John Willis, safety from Lee County, committed to Georgia Tech on Saturday. I was wondering if he was ever going to commit. Glad to hear that. What a great football player he is. Man, that was good news there. Stephen Wynn also talks about Lee County had decent attendance considering COVID protocols last season. I agree. You know, was, was able to obviously oversee the crowd 
uh, at every home game, and I agree with you, Stephen. I thought that they did indeed uh, weather the storm, the COVID storm, pretty well last year. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, let's see here. So, and this is interesting, and this is kind of along the lines of what I was talking about with these uh, Florida schools not having kickers. Stephen says, Stephen K. Wynn says, in Jacksonville, the inner city schools like Reigns, Rebalt, Lee, Ed White, Jackson, and Inglewood schools don't have kickers. And you're right, they don't. Um, Hunter Williams follows that up saying same thing. No, they don't. Special teams is almost completely not developed in those teams. They, they just throw an athlete at kick returner, but punters and kickers aren't developed. That's what I was talking about with the, other, uh, the previous caller. Uh, I don't know why that is. So, guys, I have called games in Florida. I've called games, of course, in Georgia, bunches of them. And as I was mentioning to the caller, that's one of the biggest differences I've noticed is outside of size of players, the biggest difference is no kicking game. I just don't – like I said – don't know where that comes from. If I'm a coach, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go watch the soccer team, and I'm going to say, hey, guys, you want a chance to come out and, uh, and experience Friday Night Lights? You, wanna, you, know, uh, you want to enjoy you know, what it means, what it's like to be playing in front of your town, your fellow students uh, on a Friday night? Maybe a chance as a kicker to go in and kick the game-winning field goal? You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. And I would really try my darndest to get myself a kicker of some kind. Look, I'm not a big fan at all of going for two. I never like it. I think going for two should be done when you absolutely, positively have to do it. Okay, I don't, you know, I know that they have, the coaches have the charts that tell you you know, after a score, if the score is this, it would behoove you to either kick the extra point or to go for two. Now, if there's one of those cases where I don't have to go for two, maybe I don't. But I just think that, uh, and I've seen so many teams that have not uh, kicked the extra point, they go for two, and they don't make it, and they're scoring three, four touchdowns. And I'm thinking, you know what? That team right there just gave up four points, which could be enough to lose a football game. So that's my take on Florida versus Georgia. And I'm not talking about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party either. I'm talking about the difference between high school football in Georgia and Florida. All right, uh, Kitty O'Neill. Kitty is hung up on the Viking helmet. Do we not have it behind me? Well, let's see what's going on there. Hunter Williams, the caller was me. Okay, so that was you, Hunter. Got you. Hunter says, like the team I watch regularly don't go for two a lot, but they go for it on fourth down a bit. Again, that's another one of those things that just drives me crazy. Low percentage. Never a good thing. Stephen Wynn says, soccer hasn't historically been a strong youth sport in most inner cities. Most of the kickers normally have a soccer background. True. That is true. But again, I just think that if you are a high school football coach, you can find a kicker somewhere, guys. It's, that's, you know, I think that's just the way you got to do it rather than going for two every time. All right, uh, just checking out some of the Tanya Lee says, enjoyed your show. Well, hang on, Tanya, we're not through yet. <laughs> so don't 
try to make us uh, the, the show finished already because we're not there yet. But uh, good stuff. Hey, guys, we want to talk to y'all, by the way, about, and we're talking about the draft. What about Jacksonville? Right now, it is a city on fire. You're talking about a town who, after Jacksonville lost its mojo a couple of years back, you guys know what I'm talking about. You had the Jags that had the lead, the big lead at halftime. They couldn't hang on to it. It looked like they were going to the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady comes out, works his magic. How many times have we heard that? And, of course, Jacksonville loses, tough loss. That's when the dismantling of the team began. They started shedding players and getting rid of salary cap uh, money and uh, things that were counting against the cap. And, lo and behold, before you know it, uh, Jacksonville has become, what, a one-win, two-win team. The only good thing to come out of that is it gets you the number one draft pick, which it did in none other than Trevor Williams. And now, lo and behold, they have got the man that's going to come in and turn the program around. you got to be excited about the Jags having the number one pick. they got Urban Meyer. And, oh, yeah, have you heard? Tim Tebow. Looks like he is going to become, or at least try to make the roster for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So right now, the Jags uh, are riding the wave of momentum pretty high right now uh, there in Jacksonville. You got to love it. All right. Uh, Hunter Williams. Hunter staying busy today. Keep it coming, buddy. Hunter says, I think the Jags took a good first step, but still need to work on the offense, uh, offensive line and defense. True. I mean, you can't uh, – obviously, you have one pick, and you can't pick a whole unit. You can only pick one player. But, you know, look, you got to start somewhere. They needed a quarterback. They got one of the best around, for sure. Hunter says, Bowles is solid, but I still think uh, – Trinity Christian is best team in Jacksonville at this stage. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that. I think that's a pretty good argument. Uh, Stephen Wynn says Bowles looks good post-Corky Rogers. For those of you who don't uh, know what uh, he's talking about, Corky Rogers was a, uh, a long time. He was kind of like uh, the right Bazemore of Florida football. And maybe you guys can tell me, am I going a little bit too far? Is that, is that maybe just a little bit of an uh, exaggeration? I don't think so. Corky Rogers was a legend in Florida. Listen, and just because I'm talking about, you know, the, the fact that they are doing the, you know, they have the uh, deal with no kickers and they go for two every time, that doesn't mean that they, they play a bad brand of football in Florida because they don't. All right, look how many players went to the NFL draft from Florida. So you've got great talent coming out of Florida. It's just, and I think it may be more so in the north part of the state of Florida where we see with a lot of the smaller rural schools in the smaller classifications, I think that's where you see a lot of the no kickers. You know, I've talked about this before. So Chaminade Madonna got to know the coach down there pretty well multiple state championships. They've got a kicker 
And he was considered one of the best in the country, if not the best. His name escapes me right now. Um, was it Jorge Borgales? Am I saying that right? I think I'm close. So they had a kicker, but <laughs> they had nowhere for him to kick. True story. State championship program in South Florida did not have a practice field to practice on. The coach told me all about it. The state championship rings that they got had two palm trees on them. You know why that was? Not because of the typical you know, symbolic nature of palm trees in Florida. It was for the palm trees serving as goalpost for this team and its kicker, by the way, rated the number one kicker by USA Today. And I kid you not. Young man's the best kicker. I think he went to, uh, wound up going to Miami. Best kicker in the state, best kicker in the country, and did not even have a standard goalpost to practice on and kick through. I kid you not. Hunter Williams adds, uh, Corky had Lee as a playoff team before going to Bowles, and Lee fell apart for years afterwards and made Bowles one of the most successful teams in the state, uh, in state history. My team got a chance to play Bowles in 2015, but they had fallen off a bit. So, Hunter, who is your team exactly there in North Florida? Stephen Wynn says, I lived in Oak Leaf from 2005-2016. Yes, yeah, solid program. For sure. Got to take a break, guys. We'll come back. Our final segment awaits us on the other side. Stay with us. We'll be back with more of Extra Point. Phil Jones with you on this Monday. We'll be right back. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie at Five Points. Want to know the inside scoop? Subscribe to our ITG Next Georgia newsletter. Every week, get the best high school sports news delivered straight to your inbox. Rankings, player stats, recruiting news, and hot sports topics. Sign up today at itgnext.com newsletter. Yeah, it all, it all sort of stems back from, from Dr. Houston. He was sort of the first one to, to be the physician on the field, and um, he felt that you could get a, you know, see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision 
and Future for Sports Medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners, and if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. As long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be. So we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Blessed Trinity head baseball coach Andy Harlan as we talk about the Blessed Trinity baseball program and how things are going so far this season. Coach Harlan will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Blessed Trinity program. That's the Blessed Trinity Coaches Show with myself and Coach Andy Harlan Heard every other Tuesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. All right, welcome back, guys. Phil Jones with you as we uh, head down the final stage of the show here the short rows as we like to call it guys thanks so much for the kind words jimmy helms checking in saying great show today phil thanks no thank you jimmy thanks for the kind words buddy really appreciate that a lot Stephen Wynn, great show today guys thank you very much for the comments hey listen i appreciate it coming from you guys but why don't we remind everybody else how great a show it is. I agree with you, but let's let the masses know. Be sure to like and share our page, guys, okay? Let's continue to get the word out. You've heard my buddy Alexander Kane, who is a big fan of the show. He's implored you guys to, to, to like and share the page. He certainly has done his part. Please do your part. Let's let more and more people know about uh, what we think is a pretty darn Good show here uh, at ITG Next. Don't forget, by the way, if you miss the show at any point or you just simply want to go back and, uh, and maybe listen to the show again or watch the show again, remember, everything is archived. You can find it in podcast form, and it's found wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Okay? Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, wherever. I'm trying to think. I usually go to Apple Podcasts myself. But uh, you can also just type in Extra Point. You can Google Extra Point with Phil Jones. It'll give you uh, several menu choices. You can click on any one of those. It'll enable you uh, to listen to the podcast. Okay? So that's if you miss it or you just want to simply go back and listen to it uh, again. Adam SD says, Tiff County Coach Live. Okay, listen, Adam. Buddy, don't please don't come on here and promote other media outlets. Okay? Not cool. Not cool. I'm sure they wouldn't do it with the me, and I'm not going to do it for them. Be happy to help you support your team, buddy, but not uh, want to support other media outlets. Mr. Producer, if we can take care of that, I would appreciate it. Uh, Robert Tallert, uh, Trojan Pride. Again, i got to ask, though, which Trojan's Pride? <laughs> is it Lee County? And as I've asked the question again, is there more Trojans than 
Any other mascot we've got in our area? I think probably so. Hunter Williams, uh, by the way, we were talking about you, kind of wondering where you've been. Uh, Hunter Williams says, absolutely, I may need to start making sure I join each week because this is a great show that I wish I joined more often. Well, hey, buddy, listen, the invitation is there. Come on in. The water's just fine. We'd love to have you. All right, a couple of things, uh, by the way. So we're talking about the, before we get out of here, the, uh, the number of overall uh, draft picks this year. Georgia, 21 NFL draft picks. That ranks third in the nation behind uh, only Florida, who had 37. Texas had 33. Uh, you had California, though. Georgia had more than the state of California with 19. Louisiana had 13. North Kakalaki had 10. That according to our friends at Max Preps. Those players from Georgia high schools that were taken, Justin Fields from Harrison Hoyas going to the Bears. We had uh, Jameen Davis from Long County going to the Washington Redskins. Yes, I said it. Rashad Bateman, of course, from Tiff County, going to the Baltimore Ravens via the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Eric Stokes from Eastside, and of course, by way of the University of Georgia Bird Dogs, going to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aziz Ajaleri, of course, uh, from Marietta, we start for the Blue Devils. Then most recently with the Georgia Bulldogs as well, going to the Giants. Running through the list, uh, Davis Mills from Greater Atlanta Christian going to the Houston Texans. Tommy Tremble from Wesleyan. Played at Notre Dame going to the Carolina Panthers. Trey Sermon played at Sprayberry going to the Phony Niners. Ben Cleveland out of Stevens County walking a member like it was yesterday when Kirby smart. Kirby, uh, so when Kirby gets the job at Georgia, the very first thing he did, the very first act, was he got on a, a helicopter and he flew to Stevens County to lay it on thick and heavy to Ben Cleveland to convince him to come to Georgia. And here we are four years later, and the young man is about to become super rich. By the way, Cleveland, Ben Cleveland taking in the third round. So, Ernest Jones from Ware County going to the Rams in the third. Fourth round picks included Cameron Sample, Jordan Smith, Deontay Smith, all from the state of Georgia. And then you had Michael Carter the third. Richard LeCount. I cannot believe Richard LeCount went in round five, guys. How did he last that long? Was it a size thing? Trey Hill from the Houston County Bears, signed with these, or was uh, drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. And Jalen Camp, wide receiver, South for sight, going to the Jags. Remember, other than, say, the first and second round picks, uh, you're not guaranteed of anything. You've still got to make the team. So that's the crazy thing about football. Now, chances are, if you are drafted, like I said, first round, second round, maybe the third, but you're pretty much guaranteed to make the roster if you're a first or second round pick. But again, when you start to get into rounds three, four, five, six, 
you're going to have to fight your way in. You got to find a way. You got to find a way to, to, to start on special teams or something. Now, teams don't like to cut their draft picks because then it's deemed as having just wasted a very valuable pick. And I get that. So they want to try to make every player that they take in the draft a part of their team. Didn't always work out that way, but again, my point is that these players, they have to fight for it. Just because they are drafted or just because they are assigned, then they are, uh, there's no guarantee. Or rather, just because they're drafted, there's no guarantee they're going to be signed. All right, guys, 7 o'clock says the clock on the wall. It is time for us to exit stage left. Guys, thanks so much. For the kind words today, really means a lot. Again, I'll remind you once more before we depart, be sure to like and share our page. It would mean a lot helping us to get the words out. And, uh, hey, you guys think a lot of the show? Well, let's prove it. You guys be back with me tomorrow as well. We'll have Ryan Page, the head coach of the Lowndes High Vikings baseball team, and a couple of his guys in tow. Uh, they are the uh, proud region champions of 17A this year as far as high school baseball goes. And we'll have a lot more sports talk for you tomorrow, right here, same time, same bat channel. Extra point, Phil Jones with you live 5 to 7 here at the ITG Next Georgia Facebook page. Until then, have a good night, everybody.